So the last session, which will be Thursday night, it's an important one. It's kind of the string that draws everything together at the end. Uh, so please get, if you can't go up to the campus, please get the audio from that because it will pertain to what you have, uh, what, we're, what we're going to be going at. So let's pray. So Father, we thank you again for the opportunity and the, the privilege to gather with your Holy Spirit, with your angels, with each other to learn from you. You're the teacher, Holy Spirit. We thank you, thank you, thank you. Reveal to us the deepest things of God about our purpose and our destiny, and we will not allow any spirits of darkness to hinder the giving or the receiving of your word and all that you want to do tonight. We thank you, Father, for your presence, and thank you for the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, turn to page 25. So we've been going over, we started out with how do you think, and we went into, we talked about your gifts, turning them into skills, uh, we talked about your dreams and desires uh, last night, and now we're actually going to get into the nuts and bolts of how do you plan. We've, if you didn't know how to hear the Holy Spirit, we gave you some tools for that. We talked about how do you confirm a word from the Lord. So you've got a lot of tools in your toolbox already, but this planning is what where the rubber meets the road. So most people go, you know, planning isn't spiritual, which is absolutely ridiculous. Of course it's spiritual. I mean, God started planning when? Soon as, as soon as he thought about anything, right? I mean, he, it says he made the visible from the invisible. That took a plan. And it says that he, before the foundation of the world, Jesus was what? The lamb who was slain. Before there was a world, before there was a planet, he was already planning to die for us. So plans, long-term plans are very important, as well as short-term plans. And, but you've got to know what to do with them. You've got to know how to create them. And the things that we did yesterday, um, where you were writing down your dreams and desires, okay, the things that you want to do, and we said, okay, circle the one that's the most important. Okay, so whatever that is, that's what we're going to use the rest of this evening. Okay, so if you haven't picked out the one of those dreams and desires, and for those of you who are new here, um, if you want to turn to that, what, what page was that on? That was on like uh, 27. Turn to page 27 and just, and just make a list under those different headings uh, while we're talking about these other things. Because you, you want to have that one desire, that one dream that you want more than anything to accomplish. Because that's what we're going to use tonight to teach about planning. My verse, my favorite verse for planning... It is, and we talked about it last night, uh, the plan, a plan in the heart of a man is like deep water, but a man of understanding draws it out. The plans are in you, right? And there's another scripture that says, many are the plans in the heart of a man, but the Lord directs his steps. But the plan's in you. He'll direct the steps, but guess what? He uses your plan. Do you get that? <clears throat> the Lord directs your steps, but you have to give him a plan to direct. And so many times, Christians are waiting for the Holy Spirit just to move me. Well, you know what? I'd rather give him a plan that I already have made, and he can move me down the plan. And the thing is, you have to keep the plan with an open hand so they can turn you anytime he wants to. Years ago, <clears throat> my wife and I were trying to figure out what to do next. Uh, and we thought, you know, we're going to move to this other city. We'd come out of professional circus. We kind of got our lives back together. 
And we're saying, okay, what are we going to do now? And I'm starting to get the plans for the circus at this point. And uh, I said, you know what, let's, let's move back to Tallahassee. That's where the Florida State is. You know, that's where we've got some friends. Let's just move up there. So we did a three-day fast. We said, okay, Lord, here's the deal. We're going to move there in a, and we're gonna, in a week because we didn't have anything. You know, we just had our van. That was it. So we're going to move there in a week unless you change our mind. So that's our plan, but it's with an open hand. You can do whatever you want, so you got a week. Okay? He doesn't need a week. He needs about a second. So within a couple of days, we get a phone call uh, from one of the, the head coach at Florida State Circus. He says, hey, what are you doing this summer? And I said, why do you ask? He said, because we just got an offer from the Boca Raton Hotel and Club that they want to start a summer circus program like we do at Callaway Gardens, which is where the, sum, the circus does, uh, Florida State does their summer uh, program. And uh, I was living in Boca Raton. I grew up there. And he said, uh, I'm coming down there tomorrow. Uh, why don't you meet? We'll have dinner with these guys. Long story short, we ended up there throughout through the summer because uh, this was like in April. And uh, we spent the whole summer there, and we did that program, right? And the cool thing was I had them make all kinds of equipment for me to do the program that I later bought back from them at a tiny fraction of the cost because they were going to scrap the metal when it was time to start my show. So it was just one of those God things, you know, he's setting up the whole deal. But we had a plan, but with an open hand, a complete open hand. But if we didn't have a plan, I mean, we, 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 I, I refuse to operate that way because it's not scriptural. It's not the kingdom. The kingdom is not pinball, right? We talked about that. It's not pinball. It's order my steps, direct my steps, take my plans, tell me what to do first, second, and third. Do you understand that? It is not just I'm just led by the Holy Spirit. That's goofy Christianity. I mean, it's goofy. And that's why some people look at, at charismatic Christians and go, I don't want to have anything to do with that. That's just, that's just nonsense. And they're right a lot of times. We should be the most uh, planned out, ready to move in, what, in, in a specific direction that he can adjust as he wants. Because remember, he puts the desires in us and he gives us the desires. He helps us with the plans. I don't plan just arbitrarily. I sit down with the Holy Spirit and plan. I want to know what his plans are, right? And so as I do that, we did that yesterday, right? We sat there and you just said, okay, Holy Spirit, how do you want to do this? So as you do that, those plans come up within you and you write them down and he's helping you with that. Okay, so it's not that you're just making stuff up. It's he's leading you and guiding you, but you still have to write stuff down. You still have to do things. So that's what we're going to do tonight. Okay, when you're planning, there's six major resources, I don't care what you're going to plan, that you will always have to have, right? The first one and the most important is people. You will always need people for whatever you do. There are no lone rangers, there's no islands, it's impossible to live the Christian life by yourself. And if you know somebody who's, you know, I, I don't go for the whole thing about being a monk, I don't go for the thing about, you know, I'm going to go off into the mountains and hang out, you know, I don't to live and permanent. I don't go for that. I don't find that in Scripture. I don't find it in the Bible anywhere. That's me. That's my opinion, okay? I'm not saying that you have to follow my opinion. 
I just don't find it. And I always go, what, is, what goes on in the Bible? What happened in the book of Acts? What did Jesus do? I mean, it's pretty simple to me. So you're always going to have to have people, no matter what it is you're called to do, you're going to have to have people help you. So the second thing is, and we're going to go through these, and then we're going to show you how it works. The second thing is you're always going to have to have a facility. You've got to have some place to do what he's called you to do. He's got to have some place. Your plan is always going to have to do with some facility. Okay, you got that? Facility. This is a facility. We're in a facility. It's a, a building, a place, some place you're going to do this. There may be multiple places, but there's always going to be a place. That's what I mean. The next thing is equipment. You're always going to need equipment. Now, these are the hard things. These are the things not to be um, confused with supplies, which is the next thing. But equipment, this is the hard stuff, okay? So what equipment is in this room right now that we're all using? Chairs, tables, sound system, podium. This is all equipment. Whiteboard, these, this is equipment. So whatever it is you're going to plan, you will always have some sort of equipment involved. Always. The next thing is you're always going to have supplies. Supplies are things that you use up. You consume those. What are we consuming here? What are you consuming? Water, paper, ink, right? Some food, whatever. You're, we're consuming things. That's what supplies are. So no matter whatever you're, gonna, whatever you're going to plan, you will always have supplies involved. Always. Uh, the next thing is, yes, money. You will always need money to do things that God's called you to do. It's part of his plan. Now remember, why are we on the planet? Why, don't, why doesn't he take us to heaven when we get born again? Why are we here? Okay, This is boot camp. This life is boot camp. You have to keep an eye on eternity while you're keeping an eye here. Whatever you're doing here, whatever's going on in your life here, whatever you're called to, this is to prepare you for eternity. You see, we, we tend to separate this life from eternity. Eternity started the moment you were born again. It doesn't start when this body falls down. Okay? It started the moment you were born again. So you have to be thinking eternally all the time. And I find a lot of Christians, they don't, they don't think about eternity. I'm thinking about it every day. I'm thinking, okay, everything I do is to prepare me for eternity. If I'm going to rule and reign even over the angels, and I expect to do that because that's what he said we'll do, I got some stuff to learn. I've got to change some things about me because I'm not sure I know what that means. So anything that he puts in our path, anything that he says, okay, this is your purpose, your destiny, it isn't just for here. It's preparation for after everything's over, at the new Jerusalem's come, there's a new earth and a new heaven. You've got to think that way. It helps you to get through the mundane, everyday stuff like planning, okay? Because it isn't just about this life. Okay, the last thing, the last thing is time. And we said <clears throat> when you are confirming a word, timing is always involved. Okay, that's not what I'm saying here. Time means how long does it take? on this chart. Time is how long does it take? Because whatever you're doing, it's going to take some time to do. 
you know, I've been healed instantly, and I've been healed over time, but both of them, there's really, I don't think there's anything such thing as instantly. There's always a time, and maybe it's a half a second, but there's time involved because we live in a time continuum. We are in time. There's no time in eternity, but there's time here. So there's always time involved. How long is it going to take you to do certain things? You have to have that as a part of, of what you're doing, of what you're planning. So when we talk about people, this is all the people that you're going to need. When you sit down and you think, the reason I started out with thinking is because people don't do it very often. Now, what I mean by that is actually sit still and think all the way through something. If you have this in front of you, you can sit down and think through an entire process of something you have to do, whether it's a project or whether it's your entire purpose, because you know everything you have to do falls within these six categories you can sit and think about what, what kind of people do I need to do what I'm called to do. So like when I started the circus, I needed acrobats. I needed sound people. I needed costume makers. I needed carpenters. I needed truck mechanics, right? I mean, I just went through all the lists. What are all the different kinds of people with all the different kinds of skills I need? And I just made my list, right? Then I had to go find those people. You know, where, where are those people? Do I know those people? Do I, how, where do they come from? You know, all those things. But once I knew everybody that I needed, then I could go begin to find them. You get that? Same thing with any one of these other things. I just sit down and make a list. So when we would go on a tour with our show, I'd say, okay, you know, I know we're going to go to X places. Um, what other facilities are we going to be in a church, a tent? Are we going to be in the open air, on a sandlot? Are we on a baseball field? We did a show one time on a horse racetrack. Okay, that was an adventure. Did another one on a sprint car track. You know, and they, came to, they actually came to me and said, hey, if we put two sprint cars together, could you stand on a wire while they drove around? And I said, no. <laughs> I said, do I look stupid? I mean, no. Well, what if we put your, put your wire up on the, you know, on the roof of the infield you know, thing, you know, which was about this wide? No, I'm not doing that. I'm not. So my point is, I knew the facilities that I had to have. Because I knew what my show was, because I had planned all the equipment out, I knew what kind of facility I had to have for a show. Right? I knew what that facility had to have in it for us to be able to put on our show. Equipment's pretty easy. It's what do you need? I mean, think about everything. You know what we needed to do this? We named off a few things. What we needed a printer, right? We needed shipping to ship all this stuff here. I needed an airplane to get here. Do you understand what I'm saying? You, I mean, I think through the whole thing. I've been doing this for 40 years, and I can sit down, and in about 15 minutes, I can plan out. I, I've done it where I planned out like five, six, seven thousand attend the conference because I, this is a skill you can develop, right? You just know, and you just go right down the line. So what, you, know, you know what the supplies are, you can just list all the supplies. When you sit, but you have to sit still and think. Okay, thinking is a skill, guys. It's a skill. And you can develop that skill, but it's like anything else, you have to practice that skill 
You have to sit down and make yourself do it. <clears throat> In this age, that's difficult because everybody's too busy, especially Christians. And if I was the devil, I would be working really hard to keep you busy because if I keep you really busy, you're not going to get about the work you're supposed to be doing. And we do that all the time, especially if we're in leadership positions. We just get too busy, right? So you want to make sure that you take the time to think through all this. Now, when it comes to, now you may have to do some research to find these things out, right? You may have to, and that's okay. That's part of your planning. But now you got Google. Boom. You can find anything you want. Amazon, right? You can go, and in just a few minutes, you can discover where to find all of this, and you can know how much it's going to cost. Budgets are great things. I find very few people understand how to make a budget because it isn't something we teach very often. But you've got to know what things cost. You know, it, God's pretty clear about counting the cost of something, you know. You, you have to know, you know, when you think about that there's 2,000 plus scriptures on money in the Bible, you know, and there's just a few on evangelism, why do you think he has so much on money? Because we're money stupid. I'm serious. No, I'm, I'm serious about what I say. That. We, we don't teach people. I never, I never had one class about how to handle money. My parents never said one thing to me about money, about how to make it, what to do with it, nothing. And so I was, it wasn't until I started into professional circus that I started to go, oh, wait a minute, I need to know something about money. Because uh, I had a lot of expenses, and I had to deal with managers, I had to deal with agents, I had to deal with buyers, all three of those, when you're out as a professional in that world. So you can't be ignorant of that, or you just t get taken to the cleaners and you end up with nothing, because they'll do it to you, right? So don't wait for that moment to come. Learn what you need to learn. You know, and if you don't know anything about finances, again, you can get on the web and you can learn anything you want for free. Any basic thing you need to learn, you can learn for free. There is no excuse in this day and age. Why well, I don't have an internet. Go to the library. They have them for free. You can sit down and learn anything you want. I love libraries. You just feel smart walking around in there, right? Because <laughs> you're just surrounded by knowledge. I mean, it's, it's great. So whatever you need, this one on time, you really have to get a handle on that too. You have to know how long it takes to get something done. Just because, you know, I mean, I have to know how, how long is it going to take me to find those people or to get them to do what I need them to do, like build costumes or make rigging or whatever. How long is it going to take me to set up in that facility? So I need to know when I need to be there because so, I know how long it's going to take because I know what the building's like or I know what the grounds are like. And how long does it take me to get that equipment? You know, how long does it take me to set it up? I knew that it took us, you know, an hour and a half to set up our show. Anywhere, inside, outside, didn't matter what it was. I knew that would take an hour and a half minimum. So we always scheduled at least two and a half hours to set up because you never know what you're going to run into, right? And I'll just tell you about, let me give you a time. You know, you have glory stories, and then you have gory stories. <laughs> I have a gory story. So I wasn't really good with the clock one day. And we were doing a TV show up in Pittsburgh, 
And then in Philadelphia, that same day, that evening, we were supposed to put on a show. So we were supposed to do the TV show like at 8 in the morning. We'd be done by 10, and then we could, we'd have time to get over to Philly to set up and have the show like at 7, right? So no problem. Yeah, right. So the show, that, you know, they didn't give us the right information. The show started at 10 on the TV show. They were letting us in the door at 8 in case we needed to set up. So we didn't get out of there till afternoon, and it's a five or six hour drive to Philly, and I'm doing like 100 miles an hour, you know, driving the truck, just going, oh, this is really bad. And then we hit traffic, and we got there at 8 o'clock, and it's pitch black, and nobody's around, because they thought we jilted them, because we didn't stop and do the right thing, which was make a phone call because I was so anxious to get there. This was early on in our circus days. I did learn from that one. We did get there. We did set up. We did do the show. But we had to do the show in the dark so that we had people with their headlights, you know. On, and it was just very difficult. It was not a good thing. The sponsors were really angry, and rightfully so. And it was all my fault because I didn't understand the time. I didn't, I didn't, I was trying to do too much. So you really have to take the time to understand time. You really do. What, how long do things take? And no matter what you think it takes, it takes longer than that. Right? So we usually, like I said, we usually add an hour. And here's what I would do too, because I knew that, um, because I understood time, it took me a while, I knew that if I told my troop to show up to get in, you know, get in our vehicles to go on a tour or to go, or to go do a show in a day, I had to tell them to be there an hour ahead of when we really had to leave because they're not going to be there, right? And so we would leave usually a half an hour earlier than we needed to, <clears throat> and we'd always get there, and like, how come we're so early? <laughs> it's like, well, you know, it's just the right thing to do. But it was just me being very cautious because I knew. And I would always tell them, look, if you're not here when it's time for us to leave, you're not coming. So one time, there was this husband and wife, and, and where, the, where are the people who, uh, the couple here who was in the circus at Gamify, are they here? They're not here. Okay. <clears throat> so this couple was from Gamify Circus, which is in Illinois. It's at Illinois State University. And uh, this couple, they were, they were like a third of the show. I mean, these guys could do everything, this husband and wife team. And for whatever reason, they weren't there when it was time to leave, and we left. And everybody's going, oh, we can't leave without them. I said, oh, really? Watch me. And we left because I knew them. I knew they would, they would follow us. They'd find a way to follow us. Well, they got there about five minutes after we left and just floored it, and they caught up with us. They weren't mad because they knew it was their fault. And the troop learned I meant what I said, right? We do what we say. It, you know, integrity is a big deal. <clears throat> so these are things you want to do. Okay, so now here's what I want to do. I want to volunteer. Anybody? Volunteer? Come on up, bud. Bring your thing. You, do you know, what your, uh, you know what your number one desire is? Okay. Bring it on up. Let's give him a big hand of volunteering. Yeah. Maybe the only hand he ever gets, but that's okay. Stand on that side. <clears throat> okay, so what is your, what's your desire? So I wrote, mine was in the sports category, but I wrote uh, life-changing encounters. Okay, you want to have encounters with Jesus. 
So we want to have an encounter with Jesus. Okay. That's nice and vague. <clears throat> but let's see what we can do with it, okay? So you want to have an encounter with Jesus. So we know Jesus is one of the people, right? So we'll skip, skip him. Who else would you think would need to be involved in that moving forward? Yeah, thank you. Yeah, sound guys. I love sound. Give the sound guys and all the people hand. You are awesome. And camera guys. Okay, so move over here. Stand uh, right next to this. I guess just myself? No. No, that's, that's no, a wrong that's not answer. Good. You think you, do you think you have everything it takes to have those encounters by yourself? No, but I think Good you answer. <laughs> okay. Okay. You need, let's say you do, okay? How did you get to that position, though? Did you get there by yourself? No. Okay, who else was involved? Pastors. Pastors, okay. So, pastor, who else? Um, can, we, can I go back to, like, apostles? And uh, yeah, whatever you want. So, fivefold five guys, okay? So, you need fivefold guys. All right, what other people would you need? Um, church, community. You're, okay, so church people, so believers. All right, so like I said, this is a real vague one, but it's okay because it's probably 90% of you are thinking the same thing. I mean, it's, when we're talking about here is your purpose. His purpose in life is not to have encounters with Jesus. That's not his purpose, but that's his desire right now, and that makes this okay because, again, this plan is for anything you want to do, okay, anything. Okay, so we know we need people. You had to be taught something. You had to know, okay, is this right? Is this wrong? You had to have people to bounce it off of. You couldn't, you couldn't live it in a vacuum. Right. Okay, what kind of facility do you need to meet with Jesus? Mm. Where do you have to be? On the planet? Okay, let's start there. Right. Okay. That'd be a good... Are well, you like, going to do this in the mall? No. Okay. Like a, a, a quiet room? All right, there you go. A quiet room. You see what I'm doing here, guys? Just getting it down to practice. You've got to have a quiet room. You've got to have some place where you can have that encounter, and it's you and him, right? Could you use this place sometime during a service? Because you get right? So some, it could be a church building. You just want to write down every possible thing for these. You get this? Okay, what kind of equipment do you need? Something that's not perishable. Of the Bible. Hey, good answer. <laughs> Yeah, you need a Bible. Anything else? Like a, I mean, I don't know if it's a need, but I would want things like a journal or something I can a record. A journal, okay, things. that's a supply okay. because it's consumable, right? right? Okay, so we'll put down a journal here. That is a really good, um, yeah, whatever that was that was playing, that was really good. Okay. Somebody's phone. You know what? I, don't put, I better put my own phone. I, I did that one time. I was calling somebody out because their phone was ringing. All of a sudden, mine rang. <laughs> so, Ew. Sorry about that. Okay. I had this, you know, I used, to, <laughs> I used to have this alarm on, and this happened to me probably like five times. I had this alarm that would tell me to take out the garbage on Wednesday night at 8 o'clock. <laughs> and so I would, there was two, two or three times when I was preaching and all, at 8, 8 o'clock on a Wednesday night, and I was like, ang, ang, you know. Anyway, it was funnier than when I told it. Okay. All right, so what are the supplies would you need? So you're going to need a journal and a pen, right? Anything else? Any other? How about Kleenex? You might need Kleenex. Okay. All right. 
right? We're just, what we're, well, I'm just making a point, right? That the, there are supplies involved in everything. Okay, you gonna need any money for this? Probably enough to pay for the quiet room yeah. and for the journal. Yep, yeah. for all these things, you're gonna have, this, this is not free stuff right here, right? right. So you've got all of these, and we'll just point an arrow up like that. So you need money for all of those. And that's usually the way it works, right? You're going to need money for the, all those other things. Okay, so time. How much time do you think it will take you to get to your first encounter? Have you had encounters before? Uh, not the ones I really want, but Not yeah. the ones you want, but yeah. okay. So how much time do you think is involved? Now, when I say time, I'm not talking about it's going to take me three years to get spiritual enough. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying, what kind of time do you think it takes to have that encounter? Not sure. That's a good answer. Because we don't know, right? And it's okay to say, I don't know. I don't know is an okay answer sometimes. Okay, don't be afraid to say, I don't know. In fact, I think it's one of the most anointed and honest things you can do, because most of the time we don't know, we try to answer anyway. Right? True, right? I mean, we do. It's just because that's who we are. Okay, so he started out saying, okay, I want to have an encounter with Jesus. He didn't know how to do it. Now he knows he needs some help. He knows he's going to have to have a place to do it. He's got to have a Bible. He wants to have Kleenex and a journal and a pen, right? And he knows that this is going to cost him some money to prepare. We're planning for this, right? And he's not sure how much time it's going to take. Are you willing to take all the time it takes? Okay. So now he has a plan to start toward his, his encounter with Jesus. Is that okay? What's yeah. your name? Dimitri. Dimitri. Awesome, man. Thank you. Thank you. Good. It doesn't matter what it is. Okay? This is, this is how you do it. But that doesn't seem spiritual. I don't care. I don't care if it sounds spiritual or not. It is spiritual. It is spiritual because you're doing this with the Lord, right? No matter what it is. So it's spiritual. Listen, everything we do is spiritual. How many of you check your spirit and leave it at home tonight? Can anybody do that? You didn't leave your spirit at home? You didn't leave the Holy Spirit at home? Really? Okay, so then everything's spiritual, isn't it? Because he's always with you. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. You can say that I am, boldly say I'm your helper, Right? So everything is spiritual. I had a friend who used to say, you know, um, anything that has to do with business is tax deductible, and everything is business. <laughs> All right, so I want you to turn the page. Two pages. Three pages, actually. Page 29. And you'll see, glow, uh, it should say goal planning worksheet. Is that what it says? Take your number one desire, put it at the top somewhere. And then here's what you're going to do. You're going to do what I just did with Dimitri. You're going to go down this list, and you're going to fill in as much as you can. Now, you'll see the second column there. It says personnel, because you need people. For every one of these things we talked about here, there's going to be people involved. So that's where you would put the name of the person. Now, if you don't have names to put in there, that's okay. You see where it says the due date? That's the time, how much time I'm going to have it done by this date. Projected cost. You may not be able to do all these columns, and that's okay. Right now, I just want you to go down this list and try and do this much. Okay? Ready? Go.
Okay, turn the person next to you, just share as much as you got done. Okay, okay, bring it in here. Do you have, uh, like, extra copies of this page? They're going to have them for you. Yeah. yeah, the question he just asked, he just asked me a question. Um, I'm going to give the PDF of your workbook to Sean, and then you can get copies. And if you just want copies of specific pages like this planning sheet, you can get those. Okay, and those will be free. Just whoever wants that can have that. Okay, because you already paid for the workbook once, so you can have the PDF, right? And then you can print them out as much as you want. Because I have these sheets. I have tons of these sheets that I just, because I'm a, I'm a pencil guy. Some people want to do it online. I, I'm, I can't do that. i got to write it down. So, yeah, we'll have all this for you. Okay, so now I need another volunteer. Another volunteer. Come on up.
Come on, dude. Stand right over here. Testing. Yep. I will not promise you I won't embarrass you. Okay. I'm um, good. <laughs> so this is called reverse planning. Now, I'm giving you three or four. I'm going to give you like four different ways to plan, okay? So for the linear guys and girls who like things just right in order, that's why I gave you the chart first. Now, if you want to be a little bit more bullet point oriented, that's what this is about. But you can get super detailed with this too. So what's your number one thing? It's vague. <coughs> what it, a surprise. Yeah, it's, it's to love God more than anything else. Okay, I'm not going to let you have that one. Give okay. me another one. So, um, all right, so. Um, what do you want to do? Something you want to do. I want to equip the saints. All right, equip the saints. There we go. Now we're talking. Okay, he wants to equip. That's what he told me last night. Okay. You want yeah. to equip. Yeah. All right. Thanks, John. So if you want to equip, yep. what does the end result look like? If Jesus. You, everybody look. Uh, give me something. Like, give me something concrete. Yeah. Um, just people going out and healing people. You want to see evangelism. The gifts. Say, let's say the gifts of the spirit sure. in operation. Yeah. All right. So all right. So the gifts. Transformation. Yep. You I'm want to see transformation, it. but transformation is another vague term. So you want to say, I want to see the gifts flowing through people. Okay, that's tangible. That's something I can look at. If I say transformation, you can fake transformation. Okay. Right? You can't fake healing of somebody else. You can't fake casting out a demon, right? You can't fake a word of knowledge. Okay. All right. So you want to see the gifts. Sure. All right. So let's say you want to give me a, give me a date in the future you want to see that happening by through you. Through me? Um, Just any March. Year. March of next year? Yep. March. Okay. So 319, he wants to be able to see the gifts flowing through people who he taught. Okay, so he equipped. Okay, so coming back from there. Okay. Okay, which is what, that's six months away, about that or something like that? Okay. So in the next six, so, so what's the thing right before you see that that has to happen? I, uh, them practicing? Absolutely excellent. Practice. Okay, what happens before they practice? Instruction. They have to have instruction. Modeling. All right, see it right. modeled out. Instruction and modeling. What happens before you, you give them the instruction? Building. Uh, yeah, I'm thinking. <laughs> what, okay, he's going to think about yeah. back to the six things that you always have to have. All right. So, so I need, I mean, I would need people. I would need... You're going to need help. Yeah. I'm what kind help. of help, though? Get specific. You're going to have to have help instructing people to get them ready to instruct? Mm -hmm. Okay, so what kind of people do you need to help you and get them prepared to be instructed? Look at me right now. This mm -hmm. is a good example. A teacher. Okay. Okay, you're the teacher, dude. Okay. Okay, so what do we need? We need... We need to have some sort of event. Something's got to happen, okay. right? Okay. okay. So an for event. that instruction, there has to have an event. Okay. Right? Where you're going to teach. Yeah. Right? Okay. What happens before that? Money. Is that the Resources. next thing? Money is the thing right before no, the event? Um, like picking out the date. Okay. Of the event. The date of the event. Okay. You're going to okay. pick out the date. 
Now, guys, I, there's no wrong answer here. I'm not trying to goad him into, you know, or, or embarrass him. But the point is, this is not easy for him, is it? Because we don't think this way. But if I know here and I can come back from there, I can take myself all the way to here and I can go, here's where I am now. Have I got six months? Is that enough time to do this? You understand? Because okay. if I'm looking at, so what I would do, so, okay, so say you set a date. Okay. All right, what do you have to do before you set the date? I have to uh, check venues. Okay, you got to have a venue because you got to be able to, you want to see the venue, but don't you have to have the date set before you talk to the venue? Because you want to talk to the venue and say, here's the date I want. Okay. So maybe we reverse these two, okay? okay? That's the beauty of planning like this, because you start down this road coming back, and you go, and you get to here, okay. and you go, oh, wait a minute, I really had to have this before this, and you can adjust, all right? Okay. All right, so you got the venue, you set the date, what, what, what comes, so you set, the, you had the venue here, set the date here before you set the date. Let's try that again. You need to look at your schedule, don't you? Yes. Okay. So you have to have a schedule. You have to know your schedule, right? So it, this is the thing. It's difficult to do this if you're not used to doing this. Okay? So you, you're coming back from yeah. where you were. So we yeah, won't I'm go any more than that. You did a great job. Thank you. Oh, yeah. All right? <laughs> Good job, man. The point of this is I use this one to make sure I have enough time for something. I just start coming back, coming back, here's where I am, I want to do this, and do, 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 do I have enough time? And sometimes I go, no, I don't have enough time to do that, right? And like, I'm putting on a conference next month. We just got the speaker solidified last week. He's an international mega guy, and I would never, ever normally do this because there's not enough time. But because of who he is and the way it supernaturally came about and set up, I know God's in it. And I know this is going to work because he costs a lot of money and it took me 48 hours to raise that money. That never happens. Okay. So I know that it's God. So I'm scrambling with this and the other thing going, okay, what do I need? And, but I already have that. I already know how to do that. I already have my list of people. I already know who they are. Like here, they know who the volunteer army is. And can I tell you something? The, army, the volunteer army is never big enough. Never big enough. If you ever wonder if there's something for you to do, let me answer. Yes. <laughs> there's always something. You're going to, am, I, am I right? Right? So anytime in any organization, it's usually 20% of the people do 80% of the work, which is very sad. It should not be that way. It should be the opposite. We should be, have 80% of the people begging to do something, which doesn't normally happen. A hush falls over the stadium once again. Okay. <clears throat> I'm, a, I'm really big on volunteerism and on the, the Ministry of Helps. The Ministry of Helps is huge, uh, and it's listed with apostles and prophets. You know, so whenever somebody says, you know, I'm just, you know, I don't really do anything. What do you do? I just clean the church, or I just volunteer. You know what? That's one of the major anointings listed in 1 Corinthians. He didn't even list pastors and, and evangelists. He went right to helps. Skip those guys. No offense. <laughs> So if you're a minister, if you've got the ministry of helps, you're up there with the big dogs, right next to miracles and healing, all right? All right? So <clears throat> there's always time for that. That was a free one. I don't know why I went there. Um, so this, this is a really good way to help you find out whether you've got time, okay? So guess what we're going to do now? 
turn to what page? It is page 32. What is that? 30. Page 30. Reverse planning. Take your number one desire, put it at the top. And I want you to try and do your best. We're not going to have time to really get in the detail. And start where you want to be, what's the end result, and start working your way back. Okay? Ready? Go. Giving you some mellow music tonight, so... Blew some people out of the water last night, so I'm <laughs> pulling it back a little bit. See, this is the hard work of thinking. But it's good to practice.
Don't you just feel inspired by that music? Okay, turn to the person next to you, share with them as best you can what you put down. They'll probably give you some ideas while you're doing it. Okay, let's, let's uh, bring that back. I apologize that we don't have enough time to just really, for everybody to go into detail about the things that you're writing down, but it meant this is just to get you jump started, okay? There's no, I have no illusion, shh, I have no illusion that everybody's gonna have their purpose written out by the end of this night, okay? That's not the issue. The issue is you're gonna have all the tools you need to get it done. And if we just do it for one of your dreams and desires, which are probably pretty close to your purpose, that's a great start. Okay, but again, this is, this is to jumpstart you. Okay, I need another volunteer. Come on. Is it Cade? All right, okay. Thought so. All right, so Cade, um, this is called mind mapping. So what we do is we take, and this is for the creatives mostly. The people who just don't want anything linear, they want it to look messy, they love that. Anybody like that in here? Sure. And that's cool. There's nothing wrong with that at all. That's why I give you these different ways to do this. Okay, so, so what's, your, what's your number one thing that you want to do? Um, to be able to brainstorm or develop 
creative strategies and plans to implement in regions to help transform Could you give me something longer prosper. than that? <laughs> Working. I thought I'd keep it vague. I, thought, I didn't know whether to keep it vague or no, make no, it no, long. No. Just try and boil it down to like one or two words. You want to be a strategy? Developmental strategies. Okay. So developmental strategies. He wants to develop developmental strategies. That's a great one. Okay. So, all right. So from this, and you do this on a piece of paper, and you just, now, you just start writing stuff all over the page, right? Anything you can think of. So that's the thing. What kind of people are you going to need? What, who do you need? You need people to Connections teach. in country, like connections? apostles in, connections? in other okay. countries. So I need to connect with people. Boom. What else do you need? Uh, probably connections to government officials. Government officials. Too. So we may put governments over here. That's cool. Boom. People with experience to learn from. Experienced people. So like mentors, right. um, whatever. Okay, we're just talking about people right now. We've already got three things going here. So when I would go to connect, and I'd go, okay, what kind of connections do you want to make? You talked about government people. What kind of what, what what would be the first connection you want to make to, to be able to get this going? Uh, like an apostle in the country. Okay, so a leader. You sure. want a leader. leader. Some sort of leader. You want to connect with a leader here. You want to connect with a government official over here of some sort, right? Somebody in the government that's going to be able to help you get done what you want to do to bring these strategies in. Over here, an experienced mentor. Okay, I'd go. What does that look like? Are you talking in? Spiritual, financial, governmental, you know. Probably you some professors. Professors, okay. So professional teachers, what else? What other kind of mentors would you want? Experienced missionaries that worked in okay, development. Okay, missionaries. So you see what's happening here? This, is, this just gives you a visual. This is for visuals. This is for the person. I want to be able to see the whole thing right there and go to any spot. Okay, what kind of a... What do you think you're going to need equipment-wise? Remember, going down the six things, you always do that. So what kind of equipment would you going to need to get these developmental strategies to, the, say, put it this way, into the places you want? Communication. Communication. Devices. Good answer. Communication. Okay, what does that communication look like? Uh, what kind cell of phones. Okay, phones. Okay, what else? Email. Emails, the web, websites, right? All these things. Any place, anyway, um, TV, radio, depending on what nation you're in, right? Sure. So you just start going, okay, all the communication. You start listing everything you can possibly think of for communication. Okay, what kind of equipment, uh, excuse me, what kind of supplies are you going to need? Any, you can think of any supplies Fuel. that will be involved in. What is it? Fuel. Fuel, sure. You're going to have travel. What else? We're talking about supplies now. I, these strategies, if you're going to get them, you're going to get them to these people, or are these people going to help you develop those strategies? I want to help them develop the strategies. Okay, so what kind of supplies do you need to be able to get them to them? You're going to have to have something. Something. Uh, okay. I would probably mostly use mostly the communication so You're going to use the hard stuff. Yeah. Okay, so here's what I'd be doing. I'd be doing, this is coming like this because that's really what you want to do. Sure. You want this to go to all of them, and it's going to come through the communication. So right. you see how you we're just starting to develop, okay, what are the things that I really want to do? This, this right here is really what he wants to do. He wants to develop these, but this is where he's going to have to put his energy, right? Because that's how he gets his message out. 
So this is the thing I would be concentrating on. Now, we didn't know that until we started doing this. But because you can see, okay, these, when I first asked him, I didn't know whether these are the people who were working with him. No, these are the people he wants to work for. He wants to help them. Okay, so you, and this is another place where you get, have people help you and ask you the questions so that you can refine and define what you're doing. When I plan, I usually take my plans to somebody else and say, what do you think of this? And let them, and these are people who I know are going to throw questions at me and I have to answer and it helps me refine things. Okay, do you see how this works? So for the creatives, the person, the person who doesn't want to look at a linear thing, they want to see the whole picture, I want to see everything all at once, this is a great way to plan. Do you, you see this? Right? That's awesome, man. Thank you. Good job, Kate. <clears throat> okay, I'm going to give you one more, and then we're going to take a break. So let me erase this. You don't have a mind mapping page in there, but you can do this anytime you want to. And you don't have this one in there either. So this is my formula, W6H2A. That is my planning formula when I just really want to go fast. And I don't want to use the other thing. So the first is, let me get these, because I don't want to put them in the wrong order. Okay, what is it I want to do? What? What is it I want to do? Number two is, why do I want to do it? And please always be able to answer that one. Why do I want to do it? And what do I need to learn? What am I going to learn? Next is, who do I need to know? Next is, where am I going to do it? Next is, when am I going to do it? Okay, now this is for bullet points. This is not to get super detailed. This is just me going, okay, I got this thing I want to do, and I'm going boom, 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 boom. I want to get it done as fast as I can. Then I can take it over into my other charts. I can take it over into the other things that I want to do. Does that make sense to you? This is just, this is just for me to get it really quick. Okay, um, what, where, when, then. So that's one, two, three, four, five, six. That's my W6. The H is how am I going to do it? Right? This number two is what can hinder me? And man, you want to make sure you think of everything. Because you want to cut those things off at the pass so they don't stop you. And that's where a lot of people miss it. They never look at what could possibly go wrong because things go wrong. So you want to try and think of every possible thing that could go wrong ahead of time so you can keep it from happening. So that's my H2. The A is action. What am I going to do first? And I may go back to this list and I'll just list it. One here, two, three, four, five, you know, whatever it is. Okay, see that? So it's a fast way to get started. W6H2A, just what, why, what do I need to learn, who, where, when, how am I going to do it, what can hinder me, and when am I going to get started? What's the first thing I'm going to do? Got that? All right. Five minutes, come back, we'll go into the next thing. You guys are listening so well tonight. This is awesome.
Oh, sorry. Yeah. I don't know. I don't remember. Absolutely. Is this coming out over the? Is the music coming? Is the music coming out over here? I know, but I mean, is the music out there? Okay. So let me come down here.
I wanted to clear up something real quick. Um, we got a couple questions, and uh, Bill uh, made mention of it, but I just wanted to clarify it. So tomorrow, on Thursday night, Bill will be teaching kind of the final part of all this, and we're going to have that recording and put it together with everything else he's taught so far and put it on our website under Your Unique Purpose. So if you go on our website, our podcast will be a series, which is this whole weekend, including Thursday night. It'll all be in one place. It'll probably be up by Friday, Saturday, Sunday at the latest. Just give us a couple days. We have to put it together. And so does that make sense? So all these teaching will be in the same place. And the PDF of the workbook will also be there for download. That right. you can click it and download it and unpack it. So just so you guys are, just to clarify that one point. We'll get started whenever, yep. whenever we're ready. Yeah, we're ready. Come on in. Everybody come back in. Have, find your seats. We've got a lot to do in this last hour. This is the meat and potatoes right now. Some, some, it might be the dessert for some of you. <laughs> what was the last thing? Yeah, what was that last thing, man? That was awesome. Okay. Right, if you want to turn to page 31, we're going to talk about your vision flyer. Back when we had the circus, and I, nobody knew about us, uh, you know, there was no reason why anybody should, right? So I, I, I kept asking the Lord, what do we do? How, how do we get people to understand that our vision is very big? You know, at that point, we were talking about having multiple troops, you know, going to other countries and all kinds of stuff. I said, how do we let them know? What do we do? And he said, if you will put it in their hand, I will put it in their heart. I said, how do I do that? And that's what I'm going to teach you how to do right now. Exactly what he told me to do. Jesus said... Well, first of all, remember we talked about your destiny is the time, the, the, in between the two hash marks of this is when I was born, this is when I die. All that in between is your destiny, right? And you can plan that out so that you are doing what you were made for. And you don't have to wait for somebody else to try and tell you what to do. So it doesn't mean you don't get advice. We all, we've talked about that plenty. But when it comes to being able to share this particular uh, desire that you have. Maybe you know what your purpose is and you've never just never gone after it. Whatever it is, you know, you can create a vision flyer for that. I've created a lot of them over the years and uh, for different things. I created one for my family. You know, hey, this is where I want to see my family go. And the cool thing is they went there. You know? So th there's something about writing it down. We're going to talk about that in a second. But you want to be able to state. Remember I started out I said, how many of you can tell me in one sentence or two what your purpose is, why you are alive and on the planet, right? And we got like 10 hands or something. Okay, this is how you do that. So based on your greatest desire that you wrote down, everybody remembers what that is, right? What you would do is, and, and again, we're, it's best to do this for your purpose, but you can start with that desire. So I knew my first purpose statement statement was, I am called to evangelize. I am an evangelist to win the loss. That was my first purpose statement. And I extrapolated on that and said, using circus to get their attention. Right? So that was my very first purpose statement, because I was learning at that point. Now, when I looked at my life, I realized that wasn't my life 
purpose statement. That was more of my present destiny statement. See the difference? My life purpose statement is the same as Jesus' purpose statement because I'm called to be an equipper. And that's, that's, that's what I do. That's what I've done my whole life. I equip people. I help them find what they're supposed to do or help them get done what they want to do. One of my friends calls me a catalyst. And you know what a catalyst is? A catalyst helps ignite a reaction, but that's not involved in the reaction. It doesn't get used up in the reaction. So, like, I learned about this when I was, uh, I was a surfer in, in South Florida, so we would make our own surfboards. Well, when you're putting resin on the board to harden the fiberglass, you have to have a catalyst. One little drop of catalyst in the resin would take it from liquid into solid, right? So, but the catalyst never gets used up. It's really weird. In, in, the, uh, in the reaction, and a lot of times you'll, you'll take one or more elements and you put them together, but that catalyst is what makes it work. Like vitamins are kind of like catalysts. Vitamins, you're not made of vitamins. They create reactions in your body. Okay, so <clears throat> he said, you're a catalyst. And as I thought back on that, I said, you know, that's a really good purpose statement. If I think about it, I just, I just get people's reactions going so they can go do what they're called to do. And then I go to the next person. And, and I always say that er- every one of us, we have... Well, we all know people who have extra amounts of something, and they're always giving away, but they never run out of it. You know, some people, they just have money, and they're always going to have money because that's who they're supposed to be. They're supposed to be a supplier. Some people have more love than anybody you ever met in your life. Some people have extreme amounts of faith or whatever it might be. Those people are imparters. They're equippers. They release. They're the catalyst. They release that into other people. I have a friend named Tim. And he was on staff at, at uh, Mike Bickle's church with me back in the 90s. And, and I think I said this to you guys. Tim, he would hold you too long, and he would have his face too close to your face. I'm talking about a man, to a man. He'd hang on to you too long, and he would have his face too close to you the whole time and invade your personal space, and he didn't care because he was loving you. He couldn't help it. That was the way. It was what he was. He imparted love to you that way. And guys couldn't handle it, you know, because guys are weird and, you know, their egos are too big and they're just freaking out, you know. Women don't do that. I mean, watch women. They hold each other's hands, right? They stroke each other's hair. Can you imagine guys doing that? (laughs) Oh, your hair is just so nice today. I mean, a guy's not going to do that, right? It's not who we are. But we need to see you women do that because we need that kind of love and affection that you can do so easily. We need to learn that. So when it comes to your purpose statement, it's about, about what's your life purpose statement, okay? which may be different than what we're going to do right now. You may not know what that is quite yet. But a life purpose statement is, is like what Jesus said. And here's what he said. Luke 4, 18, 21. And this is, these are all written in your outline. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, he sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set free those who are downtrodden, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. And he closed the book, gave it back to the attendant, sat down. All the eyes in the synagogue were fixed upon him. And then he said, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. 
He just read them his purpose statement. And we're just on page 31. That scripture is listed there, but it's, you're not going to read it in there. Okay, I see a lot of people turning pages. Where is he talking about? Where is he reading that? Okay, so listen to what he said. He said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he anointed me. He's upon me because he anointed me. Who's upon him? The Spirit of the Lord. Who anointed him? The Father. Okay, so the Holy Spirit's on him because the Father anointed him, and he anointed him to do specific things. One, to preach the gospel. Then it says, he sent me, so he's anointed to be sent, to proclaim release of the captives, recovering of sight to the blind, to set free people who are downtrodden, and to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. That's what he was sent to do. The reason he can do that is because he has a calling and anointing to preach, and the Holy Spirit is upon him. Now, in John chapter 20, you might want to write this one down. John 20, verse 21, Jesus said, he's appearing to his disciples after the resurrection, and he says, peace be with you. As the Father sent me, I send you. What did we just say? Jesus said, he has sent me. So whatever Jesus said after that, that's what the Father has sent you to do. You get that? What are you sent to do? Proclaim release to the captives, recovering of sight to the blind, set people free, proclaim the favorable year of the Lord, which means everything's met. You've got, you know, it's jubilee. It's what that means. And Jesus said, hey, today, that just happened. So I'm telling you today, that just happened for you. Actually, it happened the moment you were born again. But for some of you, you're just getting that. So here's the issue, though. You're not going to do it up here. You're not going to do it in the pulpit. 99.9%, unless you know you're called to the ministry as an equipper, you're going to do it out in the marketplace. But you're going to do all those same things. Because if you're sent the same way Jesus was sent, you have to have everything he had. You have to be done, do exactly what he did. What else did he say about himself? He came to destroy what? The works of the devil. What else did he come to do? He said, the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I come, life and life more. But anything he did, that's what we're supposed to be doing. That's how we're sent. But if you look, if you look at the life of Jesus, most of the time when he's in the synagogue, he's casting out demons. Okay, he's, he's confronting the religious people, right? Where he's doing his miracles, where he's doing his teaching is on a mountainside, in a boat, you know, on the shoreline. I mean, he's, he wasn't in the synagogue, guys. He wasn't in the church building because he was setting the example of, I'm a carpenter, and I've been around these people. I understand what it's like, you know, to be out in the world, and that's where I'm going to do my work. So whatever he was sent to do, that's what we're sent to do, but we've got to know how he, we're sent to do it. I did it with a circus. I did it with, I've done it with books. I've done it with all kinds of curriculums. I've done it doing like what I am right here, just, you know, just preaching. But I've also done it in boardrooms and businesses. I've done it in the homes of executives of, of multi-million dollar corporations. I've done it on the streets. I've done it in other people's homes. I'm not just called to just here because Jesus wasn't just called here, right? He wasn't just called into the synagogue or into a church building. He was called to the world. We all are. So you can expect to do everything that Jesus did and greater out there. You have the same, you're sent in the same way. So when it comes time to making a purpose statement, you can take his and modify it to your life. Does that make sense? Because that's what you're supposed to do all of that. 
Now you can shorten it up. You know, so now I say, I'm called to equip the body of Christ to go do what they're made for in all seven mountains of influence. That's, that's me. That's what I do. But I'm also called to be in the business world. So that means I'm going to do those things I just said in the business world, as well as in, thing, in, in events like this. Are you, you, you get what I'm saying? It, it's, you may be doing stuff in church you know, organizations. There's nothing wrong with that. That's fine. But your main calling is also out in the world, in your neighborhood, in your community, in your business, in your school, whatever it might be. So you can take everything that Jesus said about himself and you can say it about yourself and then shorten it up so it actually pertains to you and your life and how you're walking that out. You got that? Okay. So I want you to, uh, in the space next to that outline, there it just says notes, I want you to take a moment and I want you to try and write a concise purpose statement. And you can use it. Listen, if you don't know what your specific purpose is, that's okay. This is practice. Use the thing, use that one item that you say you desire more than anything. And somehow try and turn that into a statement about who you are. Okay, go ahead. Don't shoot for perfection. Just write something. This will change. This is going to change. talking about one sentence, maybe two, not a paragraph.
Okay, turn to the person next to you and share with them what you wrote down. And if you didn't get anything written down, it's okay. This is practice. Okay, let's bring it in. So how many of you found that hard to do? Okay, it is, it is hard because you're, what, you're at, what we're asking you to do with this is to actually start making a very clear, concise statement about who you are, what you want to do, what you're about. And that, that just isn't taught much. I mean, we don't teach Christians. I mean, the two things we should teach Christians, I mean, people, is, one, who is Jesus? You've got to answer that question. Second question is, what does he want you to do? We don't ask that second question. And if we do, we don't go into the third, which is, how are you going to get it done? Which is, now, you have in front of you, you have ways to do it, you have ideas, you have goals in front of you, and now you've started to actually make a statement about, this is what I'm going to do. This is me. Right? This is a beginning. This is not the end by any stretch. This is, I'm, all I'm doing is jump-starting you, but you're a long way from where we were a couple days ago. Okay? All right. 
So now I want to get into the vision flyer. So back to page 31, if you, have, if you left there. And Habakkuk 2, 2 and 3, these are very familiar verses. It says, Then the Lord answered me and said, Record the vision, inscribe it on tablets, that the one who reads it may run. For the vision is yet to be a, to an appointed time. It hastens toward the goal. It will not fail. Though it tarries, wait for it, for it will certainly come. It will not delay. Now, I don't know if God can say it any clearer than that. I mean, how many times did he say, it's got a time, it's running toward it, it won't fail, wait for it, it certainly will come, it will not delay. But why does he spend so much time in those verses saying that? Because we get tired. We get weary that it doesn't happen. I have, I've got prophecies that were spoken over me 40 years ago that have not come to pass, and I absolutely know they're God. I have no doubt about it. And I have been standing on those since then, declaring them on a regular basis. Because that's what you do with a prophecy. They're weapons. Most people don't get that. They are weapons. They're not just for you to make you feel good. And how many of you ever had a really wild, amazing prophecy over your life? Okay, a few of us. The problem with that is, it's like Paul Cain calling me out of 8,000 people by name and saying, stop what you're doing, do something else for a while. That's a spectacular presentation, which means it's a spectacularly long time before it happens. Seriously. I mean, the more spectacular the presentation, the longer it's going to take. Moses, burning bush, how many years? I mean, he'd spent 40 years on the backside of the desert before he got that, right? Abraham, going to make you the father of many nations. How long? 25 years. Joseph gets a dream. Hey, all you guys are going to bet down to me. How long? 15, 16 years, something like that, maybe more. Okay, so there's, uh, the, the bigger, the more grandiose the way God gets a, something across to you about what you're going to do, the longer it's going to take. Why does he give it to you then? Why does he give it to you that way if he knows it's going to take so long? Because you have to mature and he wants to have you, he, he wants to give you this, this kernel of faith that can grow in you. Especially if it's really supernatural presentation. Oh, my gosh. That's so that you know that you know that you know. You know, I, I, I'll just give you this one. This is 2000. 2000. Yeah, 2000. And it, it, I'm, I'm asleep. And all of a sudden, there's lightning in my bedroom. Not outside the window, in my bedroom. And I wake up as it's going, you know, like that. And the room just was lit up. And then right next to my head, with this clap of thunder, boom, shook the house. Just one clap of thunder, no rain, nothing. It wasn't, there was no storm. So I, and the whole room, I mean, is electrified. And I'm sitting there going, okay, what's, what do you want? You know, <laughs> I'm listening. <laughs> and he said, look at the clock. Look at the clock. It's 444. How many of you gotten those How many numbers? A lot of people get 444 or 44. I look at the clock and I go, what's that about? <clears throat> I'm instantly asleep. Wake up at 8 o'clock. The Lord says, get up. Go down to your office. I need to talk to you. Okay, I'm going to show you what that 444 is about. So I get up. I start to leave the room. Meg, my wife. Now, nobody woke up in the house. Okay, she didn't, she's next to me, she didn't wake up, she didn't know anything happened. We have a dog, anytime it thunders, it was, you know, just all that would go on. That didn't happen. 
So I'm like, okay, I know this is God. So I said, well, I got to go to my office because the Lord woke me up at 444. He wants to tell me something. So I went down to my office. And he says, it's, it's Isaiah 4, 44, verse 4. It says, your descendants will be like trees planted by rivers of living water, you know, bear, and, and some will write their name, you know, my name on their hand and all that kind of stuff. It was just, I was like, wow, what's, what does that mean? And so he gave me this kind of cryptic answer. And I'm like, wow, what does that mean? You know, I don't even know what that means. And so, <clears throat> um, but it was like the poplars in the grass thing. So I go back up to my wife and I say, um, she go, as I walk into the bedroom, she goes, it was Isaiah 44, 4, wasn't it? Uh, um, how did you know that? She goes, the Lord told me when you walked out that that was the scripture. I said, okay. Now, that, you, if you knew my wife, you know, she's not given to that. Okay, she would tell you, I don't know if it was God or not. Probably wasn't God. But that time, she's saying, I, God told me. So I'm like, okay, I'm listening. So I go in into the um, kitchen, and I make a shake, and, you know, and I walk. Normally, I would walk out on the back deck of this house that we were in then. But for, this re- for some reason, I walked out the front door. And so I'm standing on the front step, which was a little raised, and I, as I'm drinking, I look out across the lawn, and there's about 30 or 40 poplar trees have sprung up in our front yard overnight, exactly like the scripture. Your, ch- your, your descendants would be like, and I'm looking at these poplar trees going, oh, my gosh. I mean, it was like, this was amazing. So I get the scripture, lightning and thunder. My, me- my wife gets the same scripture, poplar trees out in the front yard. So you know what my reaction was? Dang, this is going to take a long time. Whatever this is, this is really going to be a while. So it's been 18 years, and that has not happened yet. Do I for a second think it won't? Oh, no, I know it's going to happen. It has to happen. God doesn't go to those lengths just to show off, right? He's wanting to make sure that we've fought for that, and we have been for 18 years. So I don't know how it's going to happen. I don't even know what it all means yet. But that's something that you take those things and you use them as weapons, and he gives you those things because there's warfare against you. And listen, man, the warfare that came against my family over that, the last 18 years, sheesh. But <clears throat> we're on the other side of all that stuff, which is good. So I'm looking any day for that. So the supernatural, does God use it? And again, I have no idea why I went into that story, but... Somebody here needed that, okay? Um, you know, I said that last night. I said, hey, you know, I told the story about the demonic thing, and uh, it was for one person in here, and we actually ended up praying with that person today. Awesome. Um, okay. Here's the importance of writing things down, and we're going to do this in just a moment. The reason that I have you write all the time, and we're going to write, and we're going to create one of these vision flyers as best we can tonight is when you write something down, something happens in the spirit. It is a spiritual thing to write things down. How do we know that? God wrote the Bible. (laughs) What else is it? There's scripture all through the Bible that talks about the books that are open in heaven. In Habakkuk, he says, write the vision plainly on tablets of stone. That's where we get the thing. Is it written in stone? Same thing with Moses. It wrote in the stone. He says, is this written in stone? Yeah, it is. So writing things down, it's a spiritual experience. Something actually, inscribe it on tablets. And as another version, it says, write it plainly. 
simply, concisely, so that those who read it may run. Now, what does that mean? That means people are always moving. They're always looking for something. They're running. Our lot, are we running? I mean, are we, are we, we are busy people, right? So if you're going down the highway and there's a billboard, how many words are on that billboard? Very few. Unless they don't know what they're doing and then it's just full of words, right? You don't even pay attention to that. There's usually a big graphic and a couple of words. That's the billboard. So when... The Lord says to Habakkuk, write it plainly on tablets so those who read it can run. What does he mean? Run away? No, he means run with you. So you have to write it in such a way that's easy for people to grasp so that they can, run, they can inst- very quickly go, yeah, I'm with that. No, I'm not. I'm supposed to do something else. And that's okay. Both answers are good because you don't want the people who aren't supposed to be with you with you, Right? So what we're going to do is we're going to create a vision flyer that's very simple, very concise. Uh, and you can, again, you'll create more than one of these. It'll evolve. It'll change. Um, these right here. This is my latest iteration of our ministry. It says, discover how your purpose will change the world. That's our vision right there in one graphic. Take this message of personal purpose to all continents for all ages, using all media. It tells you what we've done, what we're going to do next, and how you can help us, all on this one piece of paper. That's what you want to do, because you want people to run with you, right? You can't do it on your own. You've got to have somebody helping you. We were just talking about this, this uh, machine that my brother here wants to make. I think it's awesome, and you know, it's very creative, but he knows he can't do it by himself. Right? He's got to have people, so he's got to be able to articulate what he's doing to, so people can look at it and go, yeah, I want to be a part of that, or no, I don't. That's what we're looking for. So I was praying about how to actually share this. You know, why is this important? And the Lord gave me a vision. I actually had just in my mind. And uh, I saw a fire truck, this beautiful, I mean, gleaming red chrome, you know, all of the hoses all fold, and it's just gorgeous on the side of the road just sitting there parked on a city street and people are walking by going they're just looking at it but they keep on walking then the exact same truck comes screaming down the down the road i mean there's guys hanging off of it the alarms you know the, everything's going off the lights are flashing they got the sirens and, and all that stuff's going on everybody on in that scene jumped in their cars and followed it And I'm like, what am I looking at? And he said, people don't follow parked fire trucks. They go after the ones that are making noise and obviously going someplace important. I went, that's awesome. (laughs) That's awesome. And that's who you are. You're the fire truck running down the road. You're going someplace. You're supposed to be. You have a purpose, you have a vision, you have a desire. We just, you know, you picked out out of the ones list you made. That means you're going somewhere. You're not the one sitting on the side. Nothing wrong with that truck sitting on the side, but nobody's paying attention to it. You need people to pay attention to you. So this vision flyer is the way you make the noise so that you can get people to follow you. Does that make sense to you? So if you put it in their hand, God will put it in their heart. Okay, let's get into this. So there's the five foundation blocks, this is on your outline, is who, what, 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 how, right? 
So number one is who are you? You have to be able to let people know what your purpose statement is, which you just wrote down, didn't you? The answer is yes. Okay. You have to be able to say, of that, here is what I've already done. Because people want to know how serious you are. You know, if, especially if you're going to go raise money, they want to know what you've done so far. They're going to ask you, how much of your money have you spent? Are you serious about this or not? Have you hocked your house yet? Okay, you're not serious yet. I mean, if it's a big thing, right? And that's the way the people who are lenders, they want to know you're committed before they commit. So you always want to tell people, here's what I've done toward that already. So if you look at these things, I'm sorry I didn't have enough for everybody, but if you look at these things, it'll show you this is what we've done so far, and this is what we're doing next. All right, so far we've got two offices. We've got an office in, in, uh, that's wherever I go. I'm the office here in the United States. And then we've got the one in Kenya, Africa. Okay, But now we have, I think, a dozen countries from two other continents and Africa begging us to come do what we did in Kenya because they've heard about it. Because we're changing the nation. We're affecting every one of the seven mountains in a profound way, especially the youth. So it's changing the culture. So people are saying, hey, come here and do that. Do that again. So all of a sudden, doors are starting to open for our vision to be complete because we give these things out. It's on our website. We tell people about it all the time. So it's all continents, but it's all ages. So we've created all these curriculums. I mean, I've had some of them for 10 years that have never been used yet. I mean, this one that I'm doing in the high school this week or this, this year, I've had that for several years, just had never had the opportunity to use it. Now it's happening, right? I have a, um, a curriculum for um, Bible school. It's, it's like seminary level. That's in, uh, I don't, it's in 12 countries uh, through Life Christian University. They have 100 campuses. Okay, they're on every continent, except Antarctica, I think. All right, so my curriculum's there. So we're actually getting out to all those, even though I felt the Lord said, no, you need an office in, on each continent. And it needs to be completely staffed and built by nationals. So when I say nationals, I mean the people who live there, right? So this one in Africa, I've only been over there twice in 10 years, 11 years now, and uh, they've done everything. I mean, I send them like a couple hundred bucks a month, you know, which is... That's a lot of money over there, but they've done pretty much everything. And I mean, everything is a lot of stuff. I mean, just, just my national director over there, he preaches to 100,000 students face-to-face -face every year in the schools and preaches the gospel and gets them saved. And when they get saved, here's a cool story. Just to tell you, this is because we, I just, my book went out. He's in, in did I tell you this? He's in Israel. And uh, on a trip, and he'd been, you know, he, he had stopped doing what he was doing. The Lord said, I want you, he was a, like the uh, college-level professor in English. The Lord said, I want you to quit your job, I want you to move out into the bush, and I want you to start a church, which he obeyed. So a couple years later, he's in Israel, and he's just, you know, standing around. This woman comes up and says, the Lord told me to give you this book, you need to read this. So he just goes, yeah, like a lot of us do. Yeah, okay, yeah, sticks it and forgets about it. So he's complaining to the Lord a few years later. Hey, you know, nothing seems to really be working here. I'm a little bit tired. And the Lord said, I gave you that book two years ago. Pull it down and read it, which he did. Absolutely revolutionized his, his life. He got a hold of me. We went over and we started doing the work. And, and now, he, I mean, what he, he's amazing. Just 
absolutely spectacular. But because it was in the book, the vision was in the book, he caught it. And he said, I'm going to do that here. Okay, now it's just opened up. I mean, it's crazy, the number of nations that want us to go in. So you have to be able to tell the vision because you never know what's going to happen. He's an, he's a, a, think about this. Here's this. I mean, this guy is blacker than night. I mean, he, he is a black, black Kenyan, you know, because they have different, it's like here, you know, you have different um, levels of skin color. So he's considered a, a black man. I mean, you know, when he smiles, you know, if he doesn't smile and he's got his eyes closed, he disappears, right, at night. I mean, seriously, he's that dark. And <clears throat> so he's in Israel. I mean, does he stick out in Israel? And a white woman comes up and gives him the book. I think she was from Switzerland or something. I mean, so it's just, you're just like, what? How does that? It doesn't matter when God's in the middle of it. He's doing it, right? So it's really important that you, you are able to tell people, hey, here's what I'm, what I'm going to do. Here's what I've already done. And then here's what I'm going to do next. Here's what I'm going to do next. I've done these things. Here's a list of things I'm going to do next. And as much as you can, you put it on your vision flyer. Now, everything on your vision flyer is bullet points because you just want one piece of paper front and back. It doesn't need to be an 11 by 17, just an 8 and a half by 11. I use those for decades. You can put a lot in bullet points on an 8 and a half by 11, but you also have to have graphics and pictures on it because people want to see. Some people are visual. Some people will read it. But you, and just by putting in their hand the people who have to have the tactile aspect, they've got it just because you put it in their hand. Okay, now it can be online, all those things as well. So you've got to tell them, here's what I'm going to do next. But the final thing is you want to say, here's how you can help me. You've got to have that somewhere on there, usually on the back after you've told them all the other stuff. Now, it isn't just give me money, and it isn't just pray for me. Okay, that, you ever get, how many of you get appeal letters and says, just pray, but if you want to give, I'm like, just, just be upfront with me. Tell me you need money. You know, don't, don't, I, don't, I don't like appeal letters, by the way, because I don't see them in the Bible unless you're appealing for someone else. So my opinion, don't, don't run away. I can feel the air is going out of the room here. Okay, because some of you write appeal letters. That's okay. That's okay. If that's what God told you to do, you do it and you do it with all your might. It's not me. I, that's not me. I look at the Bible and go, what it, whatever's in there, that's what I'm going to do, because I know that's the safest thing to do. Well, the only appeal letters I ever saw was Paul writing for, hey, we got a famine going on over here, or we got the saints over here, or he's trying to pit the, you know, the Macedonians against the Corinthians or whatever. I mean, it's always about for somebody else. I'm for all of that. So I get a lot of appeal letters, and I just want them to be honest. You know, just, just be honest. Tell me what you're going to do. Tell me how much you need. Because I give to those things. I mean, I give to them. I just want to make sure that I, I'm getting all the information from them. Am I getting all the information? Am I getting, hey, here's what I'm going to do. Here's what I've done. Here's what I'm going to do next. And here's how you can help me. So I've helped a lot of people write their appeal letters by turning them into vision flyers. Does that make sense? Because if I get an appeal letter, it looks like everybody else's. That's not that impressive, but I get one of those with the graphics, and here's what I've done, here's what I'm going to do. I mean, I'm impressed, because now I can see the whole thing. And so when they ask me for help, I know exactly what it's going to be about, because I've already seen it, I've already read it, et cetera. Is that okay? You guys come back and be nice. That's okay. You know, I can feel I, just, that, I may have stepped on some toes there. That's, 
I'm unfortunately too good at that sometimes. Okay, so here's what we're going to do. Let's turn the page. All right, so you should be on page uh, 33. It says, My Vision Flyer. So at the top of that, just put in, you know, just right near, you know, near the top, write down what your one goal is, that desire, whatever that is up at the top, and use that to fill this out, all right? So we're going to put down your purpose statement that you just wrote. You're going to write that in there. Then you're going to say, here's my long-range goals. You know, these are things where I want to be. Remember, we started out with the one and said, where do you want to be? What, what is it you want to accomplish? I mean, my thing is all ages, all media, all continents, teaching them how to find and fulfill their purpose. That's my longest-range goal. But then there's a lot of those attached to it. I've got to get into every continent. I've got, to accept, I've got to create all the products and all those kind of things. And here's how many I've done so far. Does that make you understand what I'm saying? So I want you to go through this as best you can based on what we've done up to this point. Fill in this sheet. And if you get to the point where it says, what, am I gonna, what have I done so far and you can't think of anything, just leave it blank. Don't worry about it. And just go to or what I've already done. Just go... Just put in what you can. Just get started. If you want to make something up, that's fine. This is practice, right? Go ahead. Sorry, that was not the one I chose. There we go.
when you get to the point where it says, what can you do to help me? How can Write down every possible thing you can think somebody can do to help you. Not just money, not just prayer, anything. Okay, no, you're not done, but turn to the person next to you and start sharing with them what you have written down.
Okay, that's good. I know you didn't get a chance to go through everything, but you need to find people that you can do that with. <laughs> so, how many of you found that hard? Yeah. All right, that's not too many. That's good. So here's where we've come. We started out with hardly anybody knew what they were on the planet for. Almost, I think, two people in the whole room had said, yes, I have a plan. Now you all have plans in front of you. You all know how to share it with somebody else, which you're going to have to do. You have many different ways that you can plan things out. You know how to hear the voice of the Spirit. You know how to make sure that you, are, you have confirmed everything so you don't have to wonder. So you have an incredible amount of tools. Now, that's all the good news. What's the bad news? Now you got to do it. <laughs> now you don't have an excuse. Now you can't go, well, I don't know how. Now you're no longer a part of that crowd who I saw in front of the throne saying we didn't know how which is that's wonderful, but now you have to do something with it. Now you're responsible for it. So I want to pray for you to have what it takes to keep going from here. Because if it's easy to do, and it's easy to keep going, if it's easy to do, it's easy not to do, right? So we, but we want to keep going. We want to we want have, I want this whole room, everybody in this room to have a really good, strong vision about who they are and what they're supposed to do. And remember... If you're going, you know, I just don't have anything that's really drawing me, then you find somebody else you really would like to work with, and you pour yourself into them. And as you do, the sowing and reaping principle begins to operate, and all of a sudden, you've got vision, even if it's just to continue to help them, right? So there is no, there's no way out of this for you, right? Now you know. So let me pray for you. So Lord, we thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you, Lord, that you're the teacher, that this is just the beginning. We understand that. We're kind of like on the shore pushing our canoe out into the water. We kind of we get that. But at the same time, we know that you've already started to lead us. You've already started to guide us. You've already started to download things to us. You're teaching us how, and you'll continue to teach us how. Help everyone here, Lord, to continue on from here until they know that they know that they know why they're here. And they can walk it out, no matter what that is. And we thank you, Lord, that the marketplace here is going to be filled with people who know why they're on the planet, who are walking in confidence and faith, and that they know that you're walking with them and leading them every day, every step of the way. We thank you so much for that, Father. So much for that, in Jesus' name. So one more thing. Let me get that thing. Here it is. This is me saying thank you. Thank you. Thank you.